Hello and welcome to the FSF Popcast Live Edition. Hello, kids and cadets. Welcome to the FSF Popcast. This is our Ahsoka Review Show live at five. And uh, yeah, we have so much to talk about because last night was the season finale of the Ahsoka series. And John, you looked very perplexed. Well, no, the 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 season finale. They've said yes. that it was the season finale. So this is just season one. There's going to be more. I'm nerdy excited. It's amazing. Well, the thing is, is originally when it, uh, I want to say it, maybe maybe I'm wrong, but I could have swore when I started watching the episode, it said series finale. By the time I ended watching the show and went back to look at it, it said season finale. Yes. Okay. Did you see that too? I noticed that. I also noticed um, on the the Dead Bird app that Star Wars had said that it was the series finale, and then they deleted that and sent out a new one saying that it was the season finale. So, All right, woo! It wasn't uh, just me. yeah. We're not done. It is five, and we are alive. We're Very five, barely, alive. I'd like to point out because both I think both John and I. John's got a cough he's working through. I've got a wicked head cold that's decided to uh, take up residence over here. So. If I, uh, yeah, we go off camera for a moment to blow our nose or cough our lungs out, you'll understand why. So anyway, uh, yeah, there's just so much to talk about. And these last couple episodes, now we obviously we missed last week. Uh, I was out of town. John and Kathleen were busy uh, handling yeah. some family matters. And so we just we just could not make uh, for last week's five at five. But this week. We've we've got so much talk because we got we, we've got the whole series to look back at so far this whole mm-hmm. season um <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah you got better yeah I'm, I'm not dying anymore you're no longer a newt <laughs> I, i'm sleeping more than two hours a night life is good uh-huh. always a plus yeah I, i'm I, well if i get to that point i will let you know because right now i'm sleeping for about an hour hour and a half and then Oof. waking up and going hey, let's go with that over here so mm-hmm. that's a very yeah. lifelike realization uh, of what happens at home you're welcome all right well, so let's just woman. Oh, you have no idea. This is just what you're seeing is just the tip of the iceberg. That is a lucky, 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 adorably hot woman. Anyway. All right. So let's talk about uh, nerd stuff. Yes. All right. So all season long, we have been seeing the lead up. Uh, Sabine was trying to pull her teacup. She Mm -hmm. was trying to do the the things with the force and the force with the things and she was hitting a roadblock every step of the way. Yeah. And finally, she got it. Yes. She learned how to tap into the force. And when it was most necessary to save both herself and Ezra, she was able to retrieve her Jedi by or her Jedi saber by use of the force. Yes. Which I thought was great because obviously they were setting something up with her trying that earlier in the show. Yeah. And it's like, okay, how is this going to pay off? And then not just the saber, but then also giving Ezra the boost. Yeah, the force push. Yeah. 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 And we do share, overshare because we care. That is that is absolutely true. Uh, but yeah, so <laughs> I thought it was funny. So like Ezra's jumping, he's just kind of like floating in the air and you start seeing him going down. I'm like, well, yeah, that didn't work. Like, oh. And then yeah. all of a sudden, whoop, there goes the, there goes the push and he's back up on the ship and, yep. and, uh, I do like the fact that a that they made her a Jedi that they they did come they followed through mm-hmm. because really the the basis for that was set in 
rebels. Yeah. This has always been, I think, something that's been, you know, in the in process, in the works, a possibility. Because when Kanan was training her to use the Darksaber, he was always trying to teach her to tap into the Force. And maybe he wasn't right. just, just wasn't the proper teacher at the right time. It wasn't the right time for her. You know, the Force wasn't real to her or as real to her at that point. So maybe she just needed that to this push of being in Peridia and everything that was going on. And, yeah. you know. And it kind of ties into The Last Jedi for me. Because in that, it was... You know, raise nobody, but she could still do things. And you know, broom boy can just reach out and you know pick up his broom without using his hands. That the story could belong to anybody. Now anybody can be a Jedi. You might not be able to do it right away. It might take more training. It might take more practice. But anybody can be the hero of the story. You don't just have to be a Skywalker. Right. I do actually like that, and I was a little worried about where you were going with this to tie it into Last Jedi. <laughs> You had you had me paying closer attention. Yep. I will be honest. I was yep. like, "Oh, do tell." Yep. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if I if I can anger some nerds somewhere, I'm going to. So, the Last Jedi was great. Get over it. Please just don't say that the Rise of Skywalker was better than this, and then we'll be okay. It was a fun movie, but eh. yeah. anyway, just watch our sub- our subscriptions go. Click, 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 click. <laughs> All right. So, one of the other things I do appreciate about the fact about her being a Jedi was being able to watch Sabine, Ahsoka, and uh, Ezra fight as a trio. Yes. And even the fact that now even Sabine is a Jedi, but she clearly needs more training. So they got in the fight. They have all the stormtroopers pushing them. And she's got her lightsaber out, Ezra's old saber. And she's, you know, she's trying mm-hmm. to do the things that, that Ezra and Ahsoka are doing. And she's doing decent, but she she's obviously getting taken a few more hits. You can watch... Her uh, her Mandalorian armor, you know, refract off of that and all this stuff. Uh, and I thought it was interesting that I because I think before when Ahsoka would have would have chirped at something to her to do something different, I think she would have would have chided at it. I think she would have had an issue with it. Uh, but in last night's episode, she was like Sabine, blasters, because clearly yeah. the lightsaber wasn't working for her. And so he she, Ahsoka had her tap into her strength. Yeah, go back to her Mandalorian teaching, her Mandalorian ways, and I thought that was really cool that that there was the ability to to do that to cross over from one to the other, um, and and Sabine took it really rather well, which I think in the past she would not have. Right, and um, yeah, we're, we're going to ride past that Kathleen a little bit because th- there's a lot of stuff in Star Wars people are just good <laughs> at, you know. We're just going to get that off the screen. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, should Luke have been able to fly down the trench that well? Eh, maybe not. Mary Sue. Anyway, so yes, he was. Um, yes, he was. He, if you don't think Luke was a Mary Sue, we, there's bigger issues in Star Wars world for you coming up. So anyway, don't get me oh, wrong. Wow. I like Luke Skywalker, but all the buttons. I mean, we're here. We might as well tap dance on a few of them. Uh... <laughs> wow. Uh, uh, so part of that battle with with all the troopers uh, is that not only do they have to fight the troopers, but now Morgan Elsbeth uh, hit level 100 and got her level up from the Night Sisters. <laughs> yeah. And out from the ground comes uh, the Blade of Talzin, which, again, another nice callback back to the Clone Wars, Mother Talzin. Yep. Uh, and the Night Sisters that we meet there in, in the Clone Wars. So I thought that was really cool, too. And it was just a cool looking blade in the way that that she was wielding it. Of course, mm-hmm. uh, uh, the actress, 
whose name I can't remember right now because I have seriously have got a little bit of medicine head going. So names are not going to be a thing for me today. Um, <laughs> but I can see her. It's like Diana Lee DeSanto, DeSanto, mm-hmm. something like that. I think I'm close. Yeah. Okay. But anyway, she, I mean, she has a martial arts background. She's, you know, she is tremendously talented with a blade. Yes. Um, and, uh, you know, she can handle a bow staff. She can handle a blade. No questions asked. She's got the skill and she showed it off last night in that, in that battle. And the thing that I loved about that battle between her and Ahsoka was the fact that it was, it was a choreographed really well. They didn't play down to Ahsoka's or or Rosario Dawson's lack of ability. Right. But they, they, but they let uh, Morgan Elizabeth shine for a moment there in the fight and what they were doing. I still have one. Bitsy bitsy teeny complaint about okay. Ahsoka and the way that she's fighting. Yes. Why in the world isn't she not using her Shoto blade in reverse like she has for the rest of her life? Anyway, this is the only series where she uses the Shoto blade uh, in. Yeah, because it's way forward. easier to do that when you're animated than in real life. I know that, but that's still it's just okay. All right, just that's my that's one of my biggest complaints. And I'm able to get past it, but when it comes up, I get a little saucy about it. But that's just the thing. You saucy? About something, yes. Uh, but yeah. So, yeah, but that kind of bugged me. I was okay. kind of hoping that last night during the fight that maybe she would turn it around and that that blade would be in reverse and she would have the, you know, and she would be using that one. Because, you know, throughout all the animated series, uh, she uses the Shoto blade, you know, in reverse for mainly for deflection and this one for attack. This one's defense. This one's attack. Right. And so I kept waiting for this to be defense. But no, they were both for attack. And that kind of bugged me. Okay. But moving on. That's if, if that's my nitpick. Hey. If that's my nitpick, I think we're doing really good. Yeah. You know. Um, no, no Star Wars is perfect. It all has a flaw somewhere. You just found right. the one that you noticed. And nobody loves Star hates Star Wars like a Star Wars fan. So. Um, <laughs> it's accurate. You it is it. accurate. I know it's accurate. And that's the scary part. Okay. So. Uh, yeah. So we see her fighting. And then and uh, they get surrounded by troopers. And these are all troopers that have volunteered. Yeah. And I was like, what are they volunteering for? Right. What are they volunteering the for? A sacrifice. I'm like, what sacrifice? What sacrifice? I mean, uh, cold medicine does make me a little extra spicy. I'm not even yeah. lie. I, mean, I figured that like they knew it was most likely a suicide mission. It's like, okay, you're, we're gonna send you into a room with three Jedi and well, your stormtroopers. So right, and that's that's the sacrifice that I thought that they were referring to. But this is a multi-layer sacrifice, is the way I saw it. Mm-hmm. So not only are, is it the problem of being shoved into a room with with three Jedis and, um, you know, even if one is still in training, that one Jedi is still pretty dangerous to stormtroopers who can't hit the, the broadside of a barn. Right. You know, uh, so then on top of that, uh, then it's the the sacrifice of being left behind. There was a probability they were going to be left behind on Peridia. Yeah. Uh, so that way that Thrawn could make his escape. And then there was the sacrifice of uh, uh, Stormtrooper round two, Electric Boogaloo, where they were brought back from the dead and never die again, apparently, because that was just right. like zombie land. Yeah. Kind of reminded me of the Death Trooper book. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, and it reminds me a lot of, of the uh, 
in the clone troopers when um Dooku attacked the Night Sisters and they brought the, the de- their Death yep. Troopers back. And it was the same thing. You could yep. kill them, but they lay there on the ground for a second and then the bones would just start kind of cracking back into place and just like, yeah, you know. Yeah. So, so yeah. Bones. So, yeah, again, another nice callback to something that we've already seen in Star Wars lore and mm-hmm. something that people can tie into and have an attachment to. And this is, again, something that Dave Filoni does really, really uber well. Yeah. So. Yep. He's pretty good at calling back on his own work and, you know, the previous lore and obviously, you know, bringing stuff from the old Legends EU in and doing something new and fun and exciting with it. And I really enjoy that because it's familiar, but it's got a twist. I'm Mm -hmm. not going to be bored. No, and, and the thing is, is, knowing that he's in charge of some things here, and that now he is, and looking at, at, at the way that Lucasfilms is set up with having Filoni as, you know, uh, in creative control of these things, makes me a little bit more at ease, because right. that was one of the biggest complaints about the, the sequel trilogy, was that there was no one person in, you know, in the, uh, you know, they didn't have a Kevin Feige, so to speak, yeah. to kind of direct things and make sure that this was tying into this, and this was tying into that. Right. Now, the difference is, is I think Kevin Feige is a fan of Marvel. Don't get me wrong. Right. But I feel like Filoni like eats, lives and sleeps Star Wars. Like this is his dream to do the things that he's doing, you know, as, as basically as Lucas is meant, uh, you know, as a mentor for him. Yeah. You know, um, so, you know, and the time that they work together through uh, the animated series of Clone Wars is really, really starting to show up is what we see here now. You know, and we're getting some peak Star Wars out of it, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. This has been some of the best Star Wars. Mm, yeah, since Disney bought it. Yeah, probably. Early Mandalorian was really good. There's the last season had some definite highs and lows. Yeah. Um, but I, I also have to look at that and I go, okay, so there's there. And I know we're kind of getting off on a little bit of a tangent here. It's not we're not talking so much Ahsoka here, but. I also look at that as Filoni is setting up things for his Filoni verse movie. Things coming up, things have right. to happen in in the Mandalorian. Things have to happen in Ahsoka. If we see anything else happen with Boba Fett, it has to tie into that. He's got this world over here and all these little mm-hmm. outliers, and they all have to tie into the one big thing. Right. You know. And I was just trying to see how many different ways I could move my hand across the screen. I think I was doing pretty good. Yeah. So pretty spectacular. I was entranced. Ooh. Anyway, uh, so yeah, so we see this fight. They they're able to to do the thing. They yep. get Ezra up onto the Chimera uh, with with a handy dandy force push from Sabine. Yep. And when Sabine is supposed to follow him, because he she was going to jump and he was going to force pull her, she decided to turn around and stay with her master and help her fight, help yes. Ahsoka fight. So Ezra leaves on the Chimera, Ahsoka and Sabine stay behind. Yep. So. Yeah, which is, I mean, it seems like a very rebel sort of thing. It's like, yeah, I'm going to rescue you, but I'm going to get myself in trouble at the same time. And that's kind of one of the nice things about this show. One of the things I've actually loved is there's a reason why so many fans have called it live action rebels, because it has that feel to it. Where Sabine is going, you know, when she got herself captured by Balin Skull, it's doing the stupidest thing possible to get yourself instantly captured, but you know that's going to work out in the end because um, Jedi 
and yeah. they're going to jet either way into things and out of things and you just make it work. And so, yeah. And so that makes me curious. What does the future hold for Ahsoka and Sabine? Mm-hmm. And at the tail end of the episode, we have uh, a sighting of Shin. Cause I thought we'd see more of her during the episode, but yeah. we only got, we only got a couple seconds of her at the end, holding up her lightsaber to the, uh, Bandits? People down. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, the bandits down in the valley, and apparently they all like the color of orange. And they were like, "Yes, we will follow." I think that's what they're going to do, you know. Uh, and then we have uh, Balin Skull, who was apparently transported into Lord of the Rings. I thought the same thing. <laughs> the Argonoth. Um, yeah, but it was actually the father and the son. The carving of the daughter is gone. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get to that in a second here. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, so we, you know, we have to talk about what the future is for Balin and Shin, especially because Mm -hmm. now I wrote an article for the dork side of the force that talked about, um, Balin's wrist gauntlets. Yes. And in Arabesh on his, on his gauntlet was the listing of everyone that was in the Skywalker family. Right. And so originally, I think <laughs> Kathleen would like to double down on her previous statement. Okay. You're not crazy. You're just a little bit unwell. <laughs> Thank you, Matchbox 20. Yep. So uh, where was She's I going? singing in the other room now. Okay, good. Oh, yeah. Here's where I was going with this. You almost got me with Medicine Head there. there. Okay. So so the really the cool thing about that is I think that when he was going into this this series, I think his intention was to hunt down everyone attached to the to the Skywalker clan. And uh, hey, it's Quest Me. You guys rock. By the way, if you guys haven't checked out Quest Me, go check them out. They're an awesome podcast. Uh, we work with them a little bit and we really enjoy them. Please go check them out. I like them. They're good fellas. Yeah. Anyway, uh, and rude. You weren't, apparently you weren't supposed to tell people that she was singing. So. Yeah. But anyway, I think that that transition, when he started realizing that there was a possibility of the things that were of legend, and when he started seeing these things happening in front of him, I think he went from hunting the Skywalker clan that was on his wrist gauntlet to, I'm going to check out the things of legends and children's stories. Yeah. And I think that in our final episode, we started to see, well, I don't think we, we did see exactly who what he was talking about uh as far as oh hey and i was supposed to show this way earlier but yeah there's a lot of spoilers we've been talking about so hope you guys enjoyed that uh and we didn't even mention the beginning but if i mean but come on if you're watching ahsoka review app for episode eight i think you kind of know there was going to be spoilers should so anyway guys <laughs> but there was a couple images I, i'm gonna put these up on the screen things that i thought really talked about and showed exactly what he was looking for and the type of power um yeah the, the mother of the family that that could be that could be really cool that could be really very cool um yeah and by the way quest me knows a whole lot of lore that i don't know him and john should have a lore off sometime it'd be kind of interesting to watch anyway it could be a thing we could make that yeah. happen we could bring anyway him. so 
I thought this this shot. Now, of course, this is the, the the animated owl up front, but we saw the the owl in the background, which did in in the animated series designated the daughter of Mortis. Right. And so it was to show the the light side of the force. And so I think what they were seeing is that there was a, definitely a light side presence on Peridia and it was watching over Ahsoka. Right. Because the daughter gave her life so that Ahsoka could live. Correct. So is Ahsoka the new daughter? Hmm. Possible. <laughs> Quest me says, sign me up. We'll talk. We got to Yeah, this could be fun. Um. But yeah, there's a couple more pictures here I want to show that really do kind of hammer this point home. So not only was there the, the showing of the owl, but then we have Balin Skull on the end of the fist of the father as he's holding his fist out like this. And we just superimposed the Balin Skull up front so you would know who's that little blip up on the knuckles is. But yeah, mm-hmm. uh, this is the Lord of the Rings reference that I was talking about, because if that doesn't look like the Lord of the Rings Valley, you know, as they're going on the river, I don't Argonaut. know what it does. Yeah, thank you. I couldn't think of the name. Again medicine uh yes my nose is so itchy right now. it looks like i got a cocaine habit anyway uh that's unhinged anyway uh but then it, this was also a callback to star wars rebels and again this is why i feel so comfortable with coloni moving or not coloni feloni moving forward on things because of his ability to tie things back in we saw the mortis arc in in clone wars it came back in rebels and here it is now um, you know, in, in this time. And again, this is what you were referring to here. This is where the daughter gave up her life so that Ahsoka could live because, yeah. So is she the new daughter? I, I don't know, but I do know that I do think that the owl or the, that represents the daughter has a vested interest in Ahsoka because this isn't the first time in, in uh, either animation or live action that we've seen the owl kind of overlooking Ahsoka and what's going on. So there is clearly a vested interest there. Uh, Quest me asked, do you think that the finale had too much lore for the normies to fully enjoy it? Um, I don't think so. I think it left just enough questions that they might then want to be like, well, what is that? Should I go back and watch these other shows? Because there are a lot of adults who think that animation is uh, just for kids. And, and cartoons are for cartoon. everybody. Right. And so this might inspire them to go back and watch those shows. Like, I don't I don't think that you needed to watch Rebels and Clone Wars to, to enjoy this series. No. But if you did, then you loved it. Right. And if you haven't watched them, go back and watch at least Rebels. Yeah. At least Rebels. Yeah. Because there's so many references that... Although it you you lose nothing by not knowing them, it just it, as a Star Wars fan, it made me feel like there was a better connection to what's moving forward, and it just made me made me happy. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, so there's there's a lot that's going on, and I here's the thing. I don't know that we'll ever see Balin Skull again. No, eh, they might recast. Well, it, I'm, and I'm hoping they do recast him because I want him to recast him with Le- with Lee Schreiber, yes, who played who played um, Sabretooth in the X Men Wolverine Origins movie. Horrible movie, great. Liv Schreiber did amazing with that. He's also known as the voice of God for NFL films, mm-hmm. um, and he does an excellent job in that. He's about the same age as Ray yep. Stevens uh, Stevenson. He's also about the same size. Yep. 
and looks very similar. So there would be a, I think you, this could be a very seamless handoff if Disney was able to say, hey, we want to do something more with Balin Skull. Clearly, we, we need to do, we need somebody. Because, my God, if, if they skip over Liv Schreiber and go to CGI, it's, dear Lord. Unless they just do an animated series going forward. Okay, animated is a whole different topic. Exactly. Animated is a whole exactly. different topic, and I'm okay with that. If they want to give us a, a Rebel-style or Clone Wars-style series of mm-hmm. what's happening on Peridia, spanning the gap between um, you know, uh, the Mandalorian and the start of the sequel trilogy. Mm-hmm. Because it's my, it's my full theory and thought that... Uh, we are that we will if we do see Balin Skull again, it's just that he's going to be hunting the, the these legends and stories, and it's never really going to amount to much. I think he dies on Peridia. Yep. I think, however, uh, there's something that's going to happen with Shin, and I haven't decided in my mind what that is yet or how this plays into the future, but I'd like to think that somehow, some way that we meet her after the fact when um uh, you know, we see Ray's new Jedi order in the new movie and that they're going to be one of the villains and that maybe she will be the villain by that time, whatever, huh. whatever, or, or however. Yeah. <laughs> um, because I also think that we're, we're not going to see Ahsoka and Sabine again until the Ray movie. That's actually one of my theories too, is we've got a 23 year gap from Mando season three until the sequel trilogy you know, starts. So they can be stuck on Peridia. And that explains why Ahsoka didn't interfere with the rebellion going forward or didn't handle anything with, you know, right. It explains the absence. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, let's see. What about Ian Glenn from game of Thrones? Put some silver in his hair and I think he would kill it. Possible. Yeah. Maybe I'd have to look at a, I'd have to look at another picture of him just to, yeah. You know, side by side him, but yeah, I mean, I'm yeah. open for a, li- a live action cast. I, I just want it to be somebody, right? Somebody good, uh, yeah. somebody that's that's believable in the transition, you know, from A to B, right? Um, you know, yeah. So, yeah, speaking no, of believable, yeah. I had a moment at the end of the episode okay. when Chopper goes up to the stormtrooper and doesn't like start attacking him right away. It kind of reminded me of a a dog when it encounters a human it hasn't seen in a long time. Got to inspect you know? it. Yes, like wait, are you, are you really here? You're here, you know. Like it, it was a cute family moment, you know, or you know, a little kid who hasn't seen their uncle in too long. But yeah. you know, I appreciated Chopper's humanity in the moment. Yeah, the fact that he didn't go full Chopper on him. Yeah, uh, the second he stepped out of the ship. Yeah, there were no uh, was sparking. <laughs> yeah, I I enjoyed the ending. I, I thought that they, they did that pretty well. I also have some thoughts about that and where we get for them moving forward. I think we're going to see Ezra and Hera and, and Zeb. We'll get Zeb in the future fighting against, against Thrawn. Thrawn's going to win, clearly, because the New Republic dies. He has to win. He might. He's going to win, but he's going to lose. In the war. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. He's going to win, but he's still going to lose because Thrawn has to die. Hera lives. She's the only one that we know that lives because we see we see the ghost in mm-hmm. uh, in uh, Rise of Skywalker. Unless we, you know, it comes out later that that uh, and they somehow retcon it in that Ezra 
Zeb and Hera and Chopper were all on that ship and went to fight at, you know, Adam. at the Sith homeworld. Or, or Exegol. They send Thrawn to a different galaxy far, far away. So he can come back again later. Unless it's Jason. Yeah, that's ooh. a ooh, that's a very good thought, too. Yeah. See, this is why I like Quest Me. He has all these good thoughts. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's a, that's another uh, excellent possibility that I hadn't thought of until just now. And I would like to call that as my own, but I can't because clearly it came from Quest Me. Uh, but I'm going to um, uh, repurpose that. And uh... <laughs> well, wait, no, I, I think that's actually a really good idea because at some point. I think Hera and Jason will probably live. I don't think Ezra's going to live through because I just don't. Yeah. I mean, he might have been at the Jedi Temple when the Knights of Ren decided to come pay a visit. And see, I still want something in Star Wars somewhere, somehow, that shows the rise of the Knights of Ren and how Snoke took over. There needs to be a movie. There needs to be something. Uh, and, And if I swear to God, by the way, I just swear to God, if it's if it's anything like somehow Snoke took over. Okay. I'm loading up the wagon. I'm driving to somewhere and I'm throwing, I'm throwing grapefruits. I need to take a minute and defend the line that you're referencing though. Okay. Because the average person had warned, just be warned. I have my finger on the remove button. It's okay. The average person (laughs) had no idea that Anakin Skywalker became Darth Vader, right? We know because we've seen the movies, we've read the books, yada, yada, yada. The average person would have no idea how Palpatine came back. Poe, unfortunately, was an average person. So, I mean, he could guess. You know, the the other resistance fighter there started guessing about cloning and, you know, Sith technology and all that. They had no way of knowing. So, yes, it was really bad storytelling, but it was right for the character. Yeah, no, still don't yeah. like it. Okay, it's still terrible. But, you it's know, still I, horrible. I yeah. the, the laziest writing in all of cin- in all of cin- uh, cinematography. Yeah. Somehow, Palpatine returned. No. Anyway, I know how he did okay. it. You know. Okay. Uh, so yeah. Any final thoughts? Because uh, we're we've hit our half hour. Yeah. Um, um, in spades. I'm I'm sad that it's over, but I'm happy that it happened. I feel much the same, honestly. Um, I'm excited now to include, because you know me, I, I finish watching Star Wars and mm-hmm. I start back at the beginning and I go back it through. Yeah, I'm excited to be able to include Ahsoka into my chronological rewatches. Yes. I, I, I can't wait to see how this all fits in. And I know I know roughly how it fits in. Obviously, I've watched enough Star Wars over the years, but it's there's something about the chronological rewatch that as you watch it and as things are happening, as the story develops, um, yeah. it's just kind of nice to watch it all kind of fall into place. Right. And so I'm excited for that because this is the new section of Star Wars and just to be able to sit down and, and binge it all together and how, it, you know, this episode, then that episode and jump over here to this and jump over there to that. It's yep. it makes me much happier. It's much yeah. good or better. Yes, because as always, the solution to any problem with Star Wars is more Star, more Wars. Star Wars, more Star Wars. Exactly. Yes. Uh, OK, well, hey, you guys are probably sick of us by now. I'm sick of us by now. So. Uh, if you haven't already, please do what the, it says down below. Click the like and subscribe button here on our YouTube channel. That helps us to continue to grow. And please. we've got some amazing, amazing interviews coming up for you guys. And uh, we've got a couple things that are in the works for some live shows coming up. 
I can't say what they are just yet because I don't want to jinx anything. But if it happens, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Anyway, uh, if it happens, it's fantastic. If it doesn't happen, then I lose nothing because I didn't tell you and I don't look like an idiot. Uh, and uh, Questme says, good show, guys. See you soon. You absolutely will. We're going to talk about getting you on the show here very shortly. Um, and then uh, check us out on Patreon as well, because if you haven't already, you could have been watching tomorrow's, uh, not tomorrow, tomorrow today's Friday. Wednesday, uh, Friday's episode. You could have been watching this all week. Our interview with Gordon Wolvet from the uh, Gene Roddenberry show, Andromeda. Uh, very cool guy and had a just an absolute blast talking with Gordon. And uh, we've got some other Andromeda castmates coming up after that. We've already talked with Laura Bertram. So if you're a big fan of Gene Roddenberry's other works, other than just Star Trek, uh, you're going to want to check those out. There's some really cool interviews that we have both coming up and the ones that are are there. Not to mention, you get all the great behind-the-scenes footage of, like, you know, my immense number of bloopers. They're all on there. John, make sure to put them on there for your viewing pleasure. Uh, but those are all available on Patreon. We have five different levels of sponsorship there that you can you can jump in on uh, from $1 to $40. And at the $10, $25, and $40 levels, you guys get free merch. Like, it's like just part of your sponsorship. It's shipped to you for free. You don't have to do anything else. But you get some free merch. So look into it. Do yeah. the thing. Click the button. Go to patreon.com forward slash FSF podcast and click subscribe. You guys will not be sad that you did. Not and on that note, John, would you like to say goodbye? I would. And I'm looking forward to Monday night when I get to be on the show again. Woohoo! Yes, yes, because yes, Monday night is our Star Wars RPG. Come watch us as we roll dice and John tries to kill us. He claims that he doesn't, but he does every week. You know, you're the ones who come up with the goofy ideas. You had the plan that led us to the goofy ideas. Therefore, I still blame you. I blame nothing. Shush, liar. Okay. And on that note, goodbye. Toodles. On behalf of the rest of the hosts of the FSF podcast, we want to thank you for listening to this episode. If you'd like to be a guest on a future episode, please contact us by means of Twitter or Instagram using the handle at FSF podcast, or go to www.fsfpopcast.com and click on the contact. Link. Thanks again and hope you enjoyed the episode. 